You're listening to the Two Bucks Podcast, the podcast for outdoor entrepreneurs. Little by little, I was getting the sense of my time isn't my time. Just kept feeling this pull to the outdoors and wanting to do something in the outdoor space. Welcome back to another episode of the Two Bucks Podcast, the podcast for outdoor entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Brian Krebs, and today I got a pretty cool guest on the call, Nate Hicks from Painted Arrow Archery. Now, I came across your guys' Instagram page, and I noticed you guys are doing a ton of really cool, innovative products that make... It seems like you just you're solving like all of those little problems that hunters and outdoorsmen have, um, and coming out with products to help solve some of those things. But it, it looks like you got a lot of stuff going on, and so I'm sure you're a busy guy. You talked about that you're in the truck already today doing um, doing deals and traveling. So how's it going today, Nate? Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. First, it's, it's, I think the the idea of your podcast and your whole theme is is spot on. It's something that I think I really resonate with. So I appreciate uh, the invite. And yeah, you you said it. Super busy, <laughs> but it's it's a good busy. It's one of those like very passionate, exciting busy. So um, doing all sorts of stuff. We'll, I'm sure we'll get into the details more um, about the company. But yeah, we're just we're in a cool spot, um, you know, newer, newer company, newer brand, and really, really having a lot of fun going into the, the fall of this, of the hunting season. We're, we're really getting amped up on the Painted Arrow team. So we're really just excited to, to be where we are and excited to, to be here talking with you today. So Awesome. So Painted Arrow Outdoors, so that is your brand. Have you been doing this? Are you doing this full time or are you like not sleeping at all because it looks like you're doing a lot of things with just the brand. And so that's where my first question was like, is this, there's no way you're doing this and a day job, right? So it's actually very recent. Like the last six years, um, just to step back, Painted Arrow kind of started as a media company. Um, I started a podcast, I think in like 2019, 2018 timeframe. And at that point we weren't really like making any products per se. Uh, I just kind of like a lot of people have a, a deep passion for the outdoors and it was kind of like a place to scratch the edge, if you will. And um, it was just, it's just my outlet to be creative. And um, over time I have a, a lifelong friend who is my partner with Painted Arrow. We're 50, 50 partners. We're lifelong friends. We played sports in elementary school together. Um, and we re you know, we really rekindled our love for the outdoors and we kind of hit the bow hunting time frame at the very similar times in our lives. And we actually partnered, uh, his name is Devin Cole. We partnered um, together to kind of launch our first product. And uh, we have, uh, we've kind of hit the ground running. And to answer your question, I think my last day with the company that I worked for for the past six years was July 7th. So I'm not sure when this podcast is going to be released, but right now it's like just over a month of, you know, actually working for this full time. So a long winded answer, but yeah, I've been burning the candle on both ends for a really long time. And it's been a dream of mine really to, you know, you know, work for myself. Um, I have a, I'm an entrepreneur uh, minor um, from college. So it's like something I've always wanted to do and pursue is to, to work for myself. And, uh, it's been a long time coming and it's, 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 uh, <laughs> it's a lot of fun and it's a lot of work and a lot of pressure and it's, it's all things that I like. So sorry about the long, long winded response on that. Well, Hey, that's, that's a huge, uh, huge milestone. We're just over a month of you being, uh, your own boss and that's a huge step. So congrats, congrats on taking the plunge full time. That's a big one. Yeah. I appreciate that a lot. I really do. Awesome. So with the partnership, did you, was it more, was it a partnership of, Hey, I'm doing the media, you've got the product, let's team up or like the product idea or maybe the product development mind. And then you teamed up and that's kind of how today's painted arrow came to be with, or did you also have a desire for products as well when you were doing the media back in the day? 
so my uh, my initial passion was podcasting. I really thought that that was going to be like the next you know way to connect with people. And I I know there's a lot of people already in the podcasting game. Um, like I really respect Stephen Ranella and the, the giant company that he's built. I just I think he's a super charismatic guy. And I remember like listening to the Meteor podcast and thinking like, you know, that, that, that'd be kind of fun. You know, like I, I could get into, you know, interviewing different people. I'm a, I'm a people person and I didn't really have products in my mind at all. I didn't really have any intentions of like making money with our podcast. Like I know people monetize it, but like I'm, I started looking at the statistics of like, you know, you really got to have an amazing following to like make money podcasting. It's not really a thing that goes hand in hand, but Devin and I, um, you know, growing up in the same hometown, like we, we hunted a lot together and he came on the podcast a lot together. And, you know, it was something we always talked about. We're both very entrepreneurial and, you know, we kind of partnered like before we even had a product idea. Um, we were actually made a plan to, um, you know, we made a plan to sell food plot feed. That was what we were going to do. We were going to like figure out a way to make our own food uh, food plot seed blends and then sell it. And then potentially down the road, we'd get equipment and, you know, potentially help people put those food plots in. So that's kind of how we originally partnered. And that was the kind of idea that we were pursuing and um, weren't having a lot of success doing it. Uh, didn't really try that hard at the same time, but <laughs> Devin had this idea for um, the phone mount, which is the MagPro um, that we sell today, which is our number one selling product. And, he and I kind of partnered um, on that specific product and and launched it. And there's actually a, a really cool story. I don't know if you want me to keep going into that product or not. Heck yeah. Um, but that was really, yeah. That, that was kind of like the that was kind of like the the first first and best product that we've come out with, and it really just resonated with people. So the story kind of goes like uh, something like you know. Devin had a couple of different incidents where he made a bad shot on his ear, which if you bow hunt long enough, you know, you're going to have those, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're going to run into those situations where you make a bad, a bad play, make a bad shot, maybe make a bad decision in the recovery process. And he was just really torn up about it. And he had this, um, you know, this idea to somehow magnetically mount his cell phone to the front of his bow. And so he hobbled something together and, you know, kind of during this time when we're launching this, you know, we're trying to figure out what different ways to mix food thought, um, seed mix. Uh, he, he, you know, he showed it to me, obviously. And, and we, we both made one for ourselves. And we had absolutely no intentions of selling the product in any way, shape, or form. It was just like one of those things where it's like, man, we don't want to take all this camera gear in the woods with us. We don't, we don't, you know, want to add weight to our pack. It's cumbersome to have to remember to film and like, we just wanted to get Intel before going into like a blood trail. That was like our whole thing. It was like, how can we just get some information to better recover critters? Right. That was the whole thing. And I tell you what, man, like we had those two sample mounts like that we made, um, on our bows and, this episode is brought to you by Steelhead Outdoors, creators of the only American made fire insulated modular gun safe on the market. That means you no longer have to convince three or four of your buddies to help you move your safe. No more blown out backs or pulled muscles and no more dings and dents to your home. They recommend having two people to lift and assemble your safe, which would make it incredibly easy because I just put my Recon 32 together by myself and I had it set up in less than an hour. I carried each panel of my safe into my home with just my two hands, yet once assembled, it had the same security and ruggedness you would expect from a gun safe. They have designed an integrated door frame, so it is nearly impossible to get into your gun safe without the code, which means your firearms are always 100% secure. Before I had my Steelhead Outdoors safe, I needed to get three buddies to help me move my old safe in and out of my home, and it was always the most stressful part of moving, but not anymore. Plus, every Steelhead Outdoors safe is made right here in Minnesota from start to finish, which means you are supporting a local business when you buy a Steelhead Outdoor Safe. Check out SteelheadOutdoors.com to see all of their size and color options and pick the right one for you. And use the code 2BUCKS, that's one word, 2BUCKS, 
to save $150 on your Steelhead Outdoor Safe. I do want to clarify, like Devin is a, he's a, an engineer. So he does a lot of our design work. He's, he's, he's the person who um, really puts our ideas into a drawing and then we kind of go from there. So, but back to the storyline, we, we had him on our bows and so many people just started asking us like, Hey, what is, what is that thing on your bow and how do I get one? And so we both kind of had this moment where it was like, it was like, maybe we should try to like, maybe we should try and like make a batch of these and, and see if we can't sell them. So we kind of both pooled in some cash. Um, you know, it was less than a, you know, it wasn't a big investment, but it was, you know, we both agreed that we were going to put in some money and make a batch of, of these. We, we used to call it the mag mount. It's now called the mag pro. Um, and that was just for some different trademark reasons that we did that. But the original mount, we pulled together some cash. We made about 150 units. And I remember we went to this show. It was a local show in Michigan where we live, where we currently operate and um, reside. But we went to a show and we bought a booth. We didn't even have a display for our booth. We had a, a table and a couple of folding chairs. And um, I, I'll never forget it. Like it was a three-day show. It was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday show. And we didn't have a, a pitch dialed in. We didn't. We didn't really have anything except for this idea and some money invested and the actual booth in the product and we sold out on the first day. Wow. And it was like one of those moments where we were like, Holy cow. Like we, we got something here, you know, maybe we need to like lean into this a little bit more. And so that, that was kind of the, the very, very, very first initial um, launch, I guess you could say for painted arrow. Um, and, you know, I guess keep in mind during that time when, you know, Devin came on board, we weren't making any money, but we always acted and operated like as if we were a multi-million dollar company. And I think that's been so key to like our long-term success. Um, you know, it's just that we've always taken ourselves extremely serious. Like, we, you know, we didn't even have anything at that point, but we always, we always operated as if, you know, you know, like we had a plan for like, you know, if we were to make money, like how we would split, you know, like everything is kind of talked through, if that makes sense. So um, everything's kind of just fallen in place since then. And we've, we've scaled our product line. Um, that Again, that, that product has really not changed much since its initial, uh, since its initial, you know, creation, I guess. It's, it's slightly been adjusted to just accommodate um, some different design things with different bows and things like that. But um, yeah, that was like our first, like real plunge into the archery industry and it's been we just haven't looked back since then so um i know i said a lot there so hopefully you, hopefully you have a couple of backup questions so <laughs> no i got plenty of questions i was i was born for podcasting because i'm i'm curious and i i like talking about this kind of stuff and and it it just really makes me excited to see somebody doing some cool stuff like this and and it may, what what I really get excited about is like hearing your story and knowing that there's somebody out there that might listen to this and say I've been toying with this thing and man I think it I think it could be something too and now that I heard Nate talk about his product it's like maybe I should build 150 units and go to my local show in Illinois or Pennsylvania or wherever it is and and yeah. see what happens and that's what I get really really excited about um but that is cool. So I assume you still do the podcast. I mean, I see you got a one heck of a podcast studio built at one point in time. I assume you guys are still doing that as well and kind of using that as maybe like a little bit of a marketing arm for the for the company and the products. Yes, um, we do. A, we release a podcast every Wednesday morning. Um, so we actually just recorded one this morning. Honestly, the the podcast for us has always been like a you know, we don't really run ads we have in the past, but it's always been like a documenting point for Devin and I's journey. It's almost like a journal. Mm. Um, so it, it, it's a different style, I guess. It's, it's, it's some of our, our entrepreneurial business updates. Yeah. Um, but it's mainly about like, you know, we both have property. So like, it's a lot about, 
know, Devin talking about his new property that he just bought and some of the different food plots that we're putting in. And I actually just moved and I have some new property um, in Michigan. So we're just, we're kind of like documenting everything. And um, it's just a different flavor of podcasting. I would say it's more of a documenting point. Oh, cool. It's funny how you guys are talking about that because I, well, me and my wife just bought our first property together. I've always had property in my family. I'm very blessed and to have a few hundred acres of family land that we've been managing for the better part of two decades. But now me and my wife just found 40 acres with a home and and a, a farm. And so we're like right in the middle of it. I got all these ideas too many ideas, not enough time, not enough budget, not enough equipment yet, um, but we're getting there, and it's been one heck of an excitement. I, to be honest, right before we started this podcast, I walked out back. I got a test plot right out my back door um, behind the shop. I can literally shoot. I can hunt it from my porch on my house with, with nice. a firearm, not quite with a bow, probably a crossbow, and now that I live in Minnesota, I could hunt with a crossbow, but I'm not going to. Um, but I was just out there checking germination. We're on like day four of germination, which is cool because our family farms aren't close. They've always been two hours away from me since I moved out. Plus, they're like 25 minutes from my parents' house. And so I never check them daily, especially this time of the year. And to see like the germination, like, you know, day one, day two of, of plants popping out of the ground and, and, um, we're doing a couple tests right now with fertilizer rates. Cause that's the big question. Like we always struggle with, it's like, man, do we really need 300 pounds an acre of fertilizer? Like what does half right. look like? Well, I don't know. I don't really want to risk it. Or some years you just do all half. Cause that's what the budget, like last couple of years when fertilizer has been high. And so this year I did, I, I broke out the plot into three sections and I did no fertilizer, half recommended, full recommended. And then I'm going to put a fence electric fence around it um but i'm going to cut the fence half um, you know so then half again of that it's going to be in fence half it's going to be out of the fence just to see the difference of what that fence can do but also like what does deer like like, does fertilizer help deer browse like if you've properly fertilized these plants can they overcome better more browse pressure than no fertilizer i'm assuming the answer is going to be yes but i never broke it down this way because we're just hunting Right, we don't really right. want to mess up our our hunting spot by playing around with these things. Right. Yeah, and I mean, I'm definitely definitely not like an expert on food plots. I've put in a handful of them, but like I think that's like the best way to become, you know, effective at anything is just to not be afraid to fail and like just try things. Right. Like you're trying some stuff, and if it doesn't work, you're gonna adjust next year. But you're definitely gonna learn. Um, in the process of doing it. And that's what I, you know, messing around with habitat stuff is, is so much fun to just play with. Cause like very rarely can you really, really mess something up. You know, there's a couple, you know, you could probably cut down some expensive trees or something like that, but you know, just not being afraid to mess up is, you know, half of the battle. You learn from those mistakes and just move on. Right. And there's so many things. I'm an engineer too. I don't know if you could tell yet by how <laughs> I detailed but, out my test plot, but there's so many things I would love to try and I only have a half acre test plot and it's like half of it's like low mucky ground, which actually is pretty fertile if you get the pH right. And the other half of it's like high sand. So I'm kind of in between two poor soil types for farming. Um, But I would, there's so many things I want to test. I want to test all the no-till, the no-till options and crop rotations. I want to test like, what happens when you overseed clovers into your corn, like just before it browns up and starts to thin out? Like, can you get a can you get a perennial clover to come back the next spring, so you don't have to worry about all that corn residue for the first year? You know, like let that clover come up and then brush hog it come May June, and then the clover just pops through that through that thatch or you know residue of the corn from the previous year all these kinds of things so one of my dreams would be that if all of my media channels and businesses get to the point and people like that kind of content enough where i could like go rent a a 10 acre field or buy a 10 acre like tillable and now i have like a 10 acre research facility just for food plots yeah i love that i love the sound of that 
Yeah, and then I could, I mean, it would be great because I'd probably end up partnering because I don't necessarily want to be the seed dealer. So I could partner with all kinds of different seed dealers and just test out their stuff. They get free press. I get free seed. That would be such a win-win relationship on the seed. Obviously, that's a pretty cheap portion of the whole adventure. But, but yeah, I think that would be really fun. So that's one of my goals down the road, like have something down the, you know, like literally in my neighborhood where I could just drive my tractor from my house to that spot without like trailering. But if I had to trailer, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of, uh, what kind of tractor do you have? I just bought our tractor. We got a, I'm a, I work for John Deere, so I, uh, I'm biased. I bought green paint, but I went with the 3032 E. Um, so I don't know how familiar you are with tractors, but it's a 32 horse, three cylinder diesel, with a loader and and for like quick reference i think the rear three point i can lift like 1300 pounds the front bucket i'm at like 800 pounds so it's it's not a huge tractor but it's a really nice size for the average food plotter like if you're not doing 20 30 acres of food plotting and big row crop cornfields it's almost perfect for like a tiller a brush hog um, maybe a no-till drill, like a small drill and, and all that kind of level. It's perfect for that. Doesn't have a lot of extra bells and whistles. That's what the E stands for. It's like the, it's like entry level. So that'd be like your, it's like your XLT pickup, not your platinum pickup. Sure. Yeah, no, I'm very, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with tractors. So I, I think I can picture what you're in. That's, that's, that's all you need. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what we've been using. Bought a disc with it, like a big tandem disc, which is great because we've been using ATV discs, like pull-behinds that never have enough weight, never have enough bite, always leave ridges and, and bumps. And yeah. and so now i got an actual tandem disc, so it, it works really good. I might look at adding a a, um, a rotary, uh, what, what do they call them? A rolling basket, basically, with cutting knives, so I can cut some of those heavier clumps and clods that we get with the low soil we have and kind of do that that next level of finish before we plant just to the goal is to be able to to skip the tiller on on like second year right. plus plots like once we get a plot established we'd really like to skip the tiller because that's always it's always been the pressure point for us dad has a little 1025 r which is like basically a diesel lawnmower but he had a tiller but we're always waiting on that tractor because it was the only thing with the pto so we're we had a brush hog, then we have to till, then we have to hook up the three-point planter. And so we're always waiting on that one tractor. So now if I can disc and finish, and then Dad can just come behind me and plant with his tractor, then it will save so much more time. Yeah, 100%. So which time, as we're getting back to the entrepreneur stuff, time's key. Like that's the only thing you can't earn more of no matter how hard you work. And it sounds like you guys are short on time as well with, with running this booming business. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm in the car right now, coming back from a, a dealer. So I mean, this is the the reality of a, of a of a business. You know, when you own a business, you gotta you gotta work. So yeah, well, that's a I, that's a, that sparks a good question for me. So you you mentioned you mentioned when we booked, like, hey, I'll be on the road f- for dealers, so I could do a podcast this morning. Now that you say that, I remember that, but I wasn't quite sure if he's like, okay, is this a guy that's like. He works for like Ford and he just has to, he's like customer sales rep and he has to drive around to all of his dealerships and check in or, you know, what does he mean? And that's where I, obviously now I know it's, you're, you're on the road, you know, working with dealers on getting product on shelves, I assume, right? Excuse me. Yeah. Um, we, we put on a, we do a lot of our business through our website, obviously, but we do a lot through our dealers as well. And a lot of that's been organic and a lot of it's been, um, you know, purposeful in, in terms of actually going to um, places that we want to want to be in and just having that conversation, showing the product and um, kind of going from there. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's where I was today. A, a dealer asked me to come up and, um, you know, show some product to some of the newer, newer gentlemen that, that are actually making the purchasing decisions and, and things of that nature. So that's what I was doing today. Oh, nice. So, when you first started selling product, was it almost, was it just digital, like e-commerce off the website, off social media, or did you launch with dealers? It was, it was uh, simultaneous. Okay. 
Uh, we are where, where we are in Michigan. We have a really good connection with some of the local shops, and they, you know, it was kind of a natural progression to go into these shops locally to us that we've always been in, um, and they know us personally. You know, so we've grown with those people. You know, first and foremost, and then you know, we're loyal to the, the Michigan that kind of took a chance on us, I guess, um, from the very beginning. And um, yeah, that was one of the places that I was at today. Um, where Michigan people stick together, and I'm sure it's that way in, in every state, but <laughs> that's just, yeah, that's, that's how it is here. It is ironic because I've done a little over a year's worth of weekly podcasts on this podcast. I have two of them now, but um, I would say I'd have to go back and count, but between Utah and Michigan, they're definitely our top two states for where the guests are located in. A lot of the Western businesses, Western content creators, Western product companies are in Utah. And a lot of, I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs from Michigan. I don't know if I'm on like Michigan Instagram's algorithm or the Michigan TikTok algorithm, but I find a lot of people from Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what what the, uh, <laughs> what's in the water or if that's just how it is, but there's a lot of good hunting in Michigan, so maybe that's maybe that's some of it, you know? Yeah, maybe that is some of it, you know. I haven't talked to very many people, if any, I believe, from Illinois, which would be obviously not the right politics for most hunters, but tons of hunting outstate Illinois, huge whitetail state. You'd think the same for like Iowa, Missouri, but it's just, it isn't that way. It's, it's Michigan by far has the most out of any Midwestern state. And, that, and that's even considering my own bias of knowing more people in Minnesota where I'm from. Right. So it is interesting that you're from Michigan, and, and like you said, Michigan people stay together. But that was what I was going to kind of get at is is when you took the step to get into retail, because I know that's a big – it's not a, it, it's not easy. Like you can make your own website in a couple of evenings. You can figure out how to put a product up. You can take your own pictures, and you can start selling product off your website really pretty easily. I mean, whether or not it sells just depends on marketing and how good your product is. But there's no one holding you back, right? There's nothing that you have to get someone to say, yeah, I'll put it in my store and I'll take a chance on you. And But when you go to retail, that's, you know, I've talked to a bunch of people and they've all said the same thing. Like the, you got to convince someone to take a chance on you and take a chance on your product. They only have so many shelves. They only have so much budget. And so that's what I was going to want to ask you about on how that process has gone for you. Like how would a, how how would someone just go into a store with their product, assuming they have a good product, and start talking to the right people and start getting those relationships and eventually getting on the shelves? What does that process look like? That's a really good question. Um, you know, I I guess I I would attribute a lot of our success to, like I said, I think the the local shops just knowing me before. I even had product. I think that really helped. And you know what, once you get into one, right, it's like, you know, Hey, my name's Nate, you know, I'm a, I'm a local business owner. We're in so-and-so shop in, in whatever city that may be. And just curious if you might be willing to, you know, take a look at what we have. And if you like it, great. And if you don't, no hard feelings. Um, that really helps, right? You just start with one. Once you can get one, you can go to two and then two, turns into three and so on and so forth but i really just think that you know the key to our success and it's really not a secret but it's just like we've always kind of like been ourselves and i i, I say that in a way of uh you know don't 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 try and be something you're not you know i think a lot of people want to you know be, be perceived in a certain way or have their company be, be perceived in a certain way i was always really honest when i was you know in the beginning talking company yeah. um, we're from michigan and you know we have some cool products that i don't think that you've ever seen before you know you, you kind of create a pitch as you go but it was just it was more of a um like i said like once you get one it's just just a matter of letting those individuals and business owners know like you know that we're we're, we're here we're we're reliable um 
and a lot of it comes to the product too. I know you mentioned that in your in your original question. Like our product, we you know I'm I'm not going to claim that we've you know reinvented the wheel. We did invent something, and it had a lot of thought put into it. But people resonate with our product too. Um, and I think that really really helps. I mean, whatever you're selling, I think you need to really believe in it, and we've always believed in our, our product. We've believed in what we had to offer. And I think the culmination of all of those things that I kind of just said, you know, creating a pitch, um, being yourself, and then just, you know, the, the actual product needs to resonate with other people. If it's just something that you're into, I think you need to be willing to, you know, see that, right. You, if, if people just aren't into what you got, you know, don't keep going with it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> right. That, that's, that's one thing that, I don't know. It just people resonated with the product, and I think that's. I think that I would put that at the big, at the very forefront of all the things that I just said. So that that's been a a blessing, honestly. It's. I think a lot of it is when you see successful businesses, you know, kind of straying away from your question of how to get into retail. Like when you see a lot of different businesses, like, um, you know. They, they listen to their, their, their audience and they, they, they're able to identify when products resonate with people and when they don't. And I, I guess that's what I would attribute a lot of our success to. Yeah, well, your, your product, I mean, it is so – like it, you, I feel like you hit the, the market at a perfect time because right now content – drives almost everything whether you sell products whether you're in a podcaster even if you're a guide or you're just a consumer like everyone wants to video it right they everyone wants to have you know they want to be able to say hey look at this shot i made last night on this buck and for the longest time i mean as i was growing up you had to have a camera guy with a huge camera in your tree to get that no one did no one videoed anything you know, speaking in generalities from like the consumer level. Now everyone wants to. Everyone wants to post it on Instagram or TikTok, and your product gives everyone that power. Yeah, no, you're 100 percent right, and you know, timing. Timing is so important, like you said. I mean, that's we just we get the timing right, and we we dove deep, and we're, we're honestly we're super blessed. We're, we're really blessed to be where we are. We're we're uh, we're just extremely excited to, to, to be able to participate in, in the hunting industry. And, and it's so cool, man. I can tell you how cool it is to like have been to invent something, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel again. I'm not, you know, our product's not super technical, um, but like, it's so cool to have somebody like put your product on their bow. Like, I don't take that lightly at all. Um, and neither does Devin, like it, it, it's an honor, honestly. It's like, somebody posts a picture of, of our product and tags us alongside of a Matthews bow. Like that means a lot. I mean, that means, that means the world, you know, that means they, that person thought that your product was cool enough and useful enough and, you know, has a legitimate purpose to go into the woods with you and do some of the most just innate native thing that I could think of, which is hunting. And it's just, it's so cool to see that. So, we're really honored. That is cool. I mean, it's cool to see it really just to see like the growth of something you built. And I think that's why so many people like the idea of becoming an entrepreneur, because not only is it seeing, you know, your product on a bow, but it's watching your own business, like take root and grow. And it's something that you did yourself. It's, you know, if you worked, for example, there's this company called painted arrow and they're hiring, you know, and you get a job there, it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of cool. People, you like our products, but, you know, it is what it is. It's my job. But when it's, you know, you started the company Painted Arrow, and you built this product, and now people are putting it onto their boat, I mean, it hits completely different. I mean, it's a completely different feeling. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I'd definitely have to agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a beard oil business and so i sell beard products beard balms beard oils um and so when i get an order from someone new like i'm like wow someone like found not only found the website decided to go through with it took a chance on it and then they'll send me like they'll tag me on an instagram post or something and i'm like that's cool that like that's something that i did yeah yeah it's 
it never gets old. And I don't, I know I just, I don't think I've said it this far. We're, we're not a large company by any means. Um, you know, we're, I definitely would consider us a small business and we have been ex- experiencing some success. And I, I, again, I just attribute that to our product just resonates with people. And um, I think that we're pretty personable, Devin and I, I think we do a good job of um, just being ourselves. And that's something that we've always talked about from the very beginning. It's like, it's so easy to get wrapped up, like, especially in social media. It's kind of funny. Cause like, I'm not a big social media guy, but like with the company, you kind of, like, that's just, it's been a big part of our success but um you know we we just always have really tried to just be who we are and not like you know i don't know seems like when a camera comes around like you just kind of want to be perceived a certain way and um from the very very beginning it's just been like hey you know like devin and i first and foremost we're friends um we're partners with painted arrow and we just want to continue to be ourselves and who we are is we're just a couple of guys from Michigan and we like to bow hunt and, and shoot deer. So like, that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of been like our whole mojo is just like be us. And that's kind of who we are. So it's been, it's been interesting. Yeah, that is an interesting story. And you say you're not a big company, but your dealer maps pretty wide. And I happen to <laughs> recognize a pattern going on with all these icons um, especially when it comes to the Minnesota and North Dakota, South Dakota locations, I have a feeling your your dealer map would look a lot like the Shields store map. Yeah, yep. The Shields uh, Shields has put us on, um, been in their stores now for, I want to say, like seven, eight months, something like that. That's awesome. Was that Was that when it was like, did that feel like a big milestone getting shields to put their product in their stores or your product in their stores? Uh, it was, a, yeah, it was a pretty big deal. Um, you know, personally, you know, for Devin and I both, um, you know, it, it just, it does, it does kind of feel like at, at the moment it felt kind of like a milestone, I guess, like a reputable chain store, um, you know, I can't say enough good things about Shields. Shields is always, it's got, it's employee owned and, and just dealing with them. It's been um, really refreshing, like um, just to, just to deal with real people. It seems like the more corporatized the, the company, you can lose some, some touch with your product, but Shields has been amazing. Uh, they, they've really done a, a good job with how they structured their company and, it's been really, it's been really good to, to work with them. So we, we are, we're really excited to be in there and um, just get the eyeballs that we are with them being a bigger box store. And uh, it's been, it's been really fun. Yeah, that sounds, that would, I mean, I would definitely count that as a major milestone because you get, you know, obviously you're probably crushing the Michigan area, but then like, you're not going to take a road trip out to Colorado or North Dakota to meet with that, that shop owner as easily. And so by getting on shields and having like a national retail chain, all of a sudden you get like, you cover, like I'm literally looking at your map right now. It covers the entire country. I mean, you're yeah, from, from New York to, to San Francisco and every from Texas to Minnesota, you got the whole map covered. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, I mean, we could you do, could do a whole podcast on like you know retail versus um, you know online sales direct to consumer, but it's again we from the very beginning it seems like we've been in uh, distribution locations. And when I say distribution locations, I'm just talking about like bow shops, right? Mm-hmm. We, we were in bow shops from the very beginning, but um, you know it's you learn it's it's total it's two totally different paths right if you're going to just be direct to consumer you have, you have a lot more flexibility to make decisions um and not, and not every product is really cut out for retail in my opinion so um but no it's again back to shields the the coverage that we're getting with them it's it's brought a lot of eyeballs to the to the product and um it's been really good for for us yeah no i think so too but then i gotta you know, now i'm curious because if you you're across the United States got a lot of shops, obviously direct to consumer sales. I mean, I've been seeing your products on TikTok now that I, now that I've, you know, got your product up on, you know, my computer screen and I can really look at it detailedly. You know, I've been seeing people on TikTok for a year or two now 
posting videos of hunting and, and you know, videos from the tree stand with your product. And I don't think it was you guys personally. You know, I don't think it was like your video or, or your partner's video. I think it was consumers just taking videos, but you're seeing that product because in it, in it, you know, that's kind of where I've been seeing it so long. So there's a lot of them out there. And so now I'm curious, are you guys making these yourselves? Like boxing them up, yeah. putting them every, like you're doing all of that yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So we were, we are the manufacturer. Um, my partner, Devin, like I said, he has a full daytime job. He, he designs all of our products. We actually rent time at the facility he works at. Um, and that's where we actually manufacture. So he's overseeing all that. Um, so we, we get the product and then we actually assemble it all. And our, we actually just set up a, a headquarters, if you will. You mentioned the podcast studio. That studio is located um, inside of our headquarters. So we, we have, a, it's, a, it's basically a large pole barn that we've outfitted for, you know, carrying inventory um, and everything is shipped out of that location. So, um, yeah, we're, we're very involved in every step of the, of the, of the entire process from very beginning of design all the way until that product is you know, hand selected, picked, pulled and delivered to the end customer. So it's, it's a, there's a lot of moving pieces that I help oversee. Um, you know, I do a lot of the operations of the day to day to make sure everything gets out of the door in time and, and through the hands of, of customers. So it's a, I wear a lot of different hats, I guess you could say. Wow. Yeah. That does sound like a lot of work. Um, so how much of your full-time gig now is, is on the sales and marketing which, I mean, could be anything, could be going to dealerships, it could be making videos, doing social media, and how much of it's on, like, operations, like, putting the product together, assembling it, packaging it, you know, going to the post office, dropping off your manifest and your orders? Honestly, it's about 50-50. Half of my day is spent um, making sure that we, you know, I got my own little routine, but right now, I mean, it, every day is honestly totally different if I had to be honest with you, but I, I do a lot of the, you know, the operations, but my passion, I would say personally is more of like the creative side. Like I love like making podcasts and creating videos. We're actually doing a video series right now on YouTube, which we haven't really done a lot of, uh, you know, past like series, I guess, like on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but we're actually doing a series right now where I'm just kind of breaking down like how to self film with your cell phone. Mm. Right. So a lot of guys and gals are going into the woods with the nicest camera that they own in their pocket. And so our, our, our whole product line is kind of surrounding that, that idea. And we're using our, um, our magnetic platform, um, to, to show people how they can, uh, you know, easily capture those, moments that you may not ever want to forget because it's just super cool i mean that's the first thing everybody does right i mean what do you do when you're in the woods and you just shoot a big deer or you had this encounter it's like you want to tell somebody right that's the first instinct it's like i, I just want to share that with somebody so um that's a series that i'm doing right now um we i, I believe the second video in that series is actually launching today which will be out when this when this uh podcast hits so um yeah oh nice yeah so by the time this podcast goes out i think we'll be two weeks from tuesday um or two weeks from yesterday wait today's tuesday yeah two weeks from today this will go out i'm i'm right there with you losing track of time but but yeah that sounds like an exciting project to you know show people how they can tell a story because i think the first half of it's like not just realizing you have the best camera or one of like the best cameras you own in your pocket and you could be using it to like capture the shot. But then the second part of that's like, now here's how you tell a story. And the, obviously it's person to person. There's personality. There's, there's create, um, creativeness that goes into that and everyone can be unique, but it's, you know, it's, if you want to like use it in a way to build some sort of like, youtube channel or or instagram channel of creating content like you got to know how to tell a story with those videos and that that is not an easy thing to just intuitively do 
And so, for sure, no, I agree with you. Yeah, so that's a really cool series, and it's just obviously like a great way to help your current customer base use their product better, but also it's like a great marketing arm as well. Like all those videos are going to be seen by some people, and they're like, "Oh, hey, that looks like a really cool product." I was, you know, video. I was trying to look up something a little different, but I found came across this, and I'm gonna order one. Right. Yeah, that sounds cool. That sounds really cool, and it's. Uh, in the same spirit of new new activities, new video series, you also mentioned you got a couple new products. We should probably talk about what you guys have came out with recently too. Yeah, so um our so just to actually define it, I guess. So our Magpro Plus is our number one selling product. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is it's a magnetic mount that mounts behind your stabilizer bar on your compound bow. And it allows you to quickly take your cell phone and the magnet grabs your phone um, via a plate that comes in the kit and it goes to the back side of your phone case. So it's an adhesive that sticks to the back side of your phone case and it grabs that so you can film your shot. So that was our first product that I, you know, mentioned in the beginning. That was the, that was our, our initial launch. So since then we've kind of outfitted a lot of different, um, you know, needs and wants from some of our really uh close i guess supporters so we, we made a, a crossbow mount we made um, a couple of different tripod head mounts um we have most recently that i think you're referring to is what we call our magpro arm oh yeah and it's a really cool it's a really cool product and you know it kind of it kind of is not a hunting product it's 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 a it's, it's like an everything type of a product. So there's an arm. It's about 15 inches long, and there's three different joints in it. And on one end of the arm, there's like a crab claw, and it opens up to about two inches. And you can tighten down this crab claw on basically anything. You could mount it to a a bicycle. You could mount it to a snowmobile. You could mount it to your UTV. You could mount it to a bass boat. You could mount it to a tree limb. You could mount it to uh, a two by four frame inside of a box line. Literally anything you could mount it to. And on the other end of the arm, there's a magnetic head that your phone sits on. And it's really cool the way that this arm, I'm going to try my best to explain it, but I, I was saying there's three different joints in the arm. And there's one tensioning and loosening knob that allows you to basically put this arm in any position that you want and when you loosen it it becomes completely limp and you can literally maneuver it in any way you feel and then when you get right where you want it you tighten that one knob and the entire arm stiffens up so it's like this very versatile tool Mm. for anybody looking to um you know create content you know first and foremost but or just like (laughs) you think about you go to a family gathering or something like that it's like it seems like the grandmother or the your mom wants to you know take photos of everything and you're everybody's trying to like set their phone up to take a quick family photo this is such a cool product that just makes that that whole entire thing so easy and it's, it's really cool um to just be able to pack it up it, it packs down really tight and you can throw it in your pocket basically and um take it with you anywhere you go so yeah. i'm really excited about it obviously i'm biased but well, my first thought when I saw it outside of hunting, obviously hunting, every you could put it anywhere, was actually in the gym, like the fitness world where everyone's trying to video their, their sets and look at form and analyze. And I mean, I feel like that would be great in a gym setting too, because you can put it anywhere you want, snap your phone to it, point it right. Because like, there's a lot of different ways you can set up a phone, but none of them usually work good unless you have like a dedicated phone holder that's made for that. And there's all kinds yeah. of stuff you could clamp it on in the gym, a barbell, um, a J hook, like a hook, a cup, a plate, uh, anything. Yep. Yep. No, you're not wrong at all. I mean, it's pretty cool. I, I think it's going to be a really big hit. Uh, we just launched it within the last month. Um, and so we're, we're slowly picking up traction on, on orders through our website and things like that. So it's, it's, it's been really cool. I think this is going to be one of those with people as well awesome i see you also have like a a mag pro that's made for a gopro mount 
on your website? Yep, yep, that's exactly right. So any uh, any action camera, we have a magnetic shoe, so it's got a, a steel plate on the bottom, and that will then allow you to really easily. Um, so it, it's a great option for guys and gals that use an action camera such as a GoPro or maybe a Tacticam to mount it to your bow. So it's a really cool option. I might have to look into one of those for our elk hunt later this this fall in September, we're going elk hunting, and I just got a new GoPro because my old one took a dive. And last year, I tried to bring my GoPro and film some stuff, but, like, day one, my clip broke, which was super exciting um, because it was, yeah. like, hard-mounted to my bow. So I left it on the bow all the time, even though I have, like, a camera, little like a little camera accessory bag on my pack belt. But since the clip system it was just not great, I had to leave the GoPro on the bow, and then it, you know, eventually the clip got caught on something. Luckily, I found the GoPro. Like it, I fought, I watched it break, so I picked it up, and like obviously I didn't lose the GoPro. But yeah, this looks great because you could just plop it on. Like, oh hey, we're getting into an encounter here. Um, there's a bull bugling. I'm gonna put my GoPro out and like snap it on and start recording this. And then when it's when the when the situation goes, you can just easily magnetic, you know, just take it off the magnet, put it back in your pack, keep it safe, flip it around, do an interview, do all kinds of different things where you hard mount it to your bow. Obviously, like, no one really wants to turn their bow around and, like, <laughs> have to record their interview because only – like, I'm not bringing two cameras. I'm not a, I'm not a film crew. I'm going to bring a GoPro, and that's it. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, and that's, that's the key. I, I really do – again, I'm biased, but I – it's one of those products that we call it the GP as in GoPro. So it's the mag pro GP. Um, it'll work for any action camera, but like for, I mean, you, you gotta use one, man. I mean, if you're using your, your GoPro, if you own a GoPro, it's like a no brainer in my mind too, especially if you're going to go out and try and shoot a big bugling elk, that's just going to be killer footage. So. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to hit you up after this and, and get one because that does look like the perfect situation. And with that magnet, is it, can you flip it like different directions if you want? So the actual, the, the magnet is in a, a secured place, but the shoe, what we call it the shoe, but the piece that connects to your GoPro yeah. or your action camera, that is pivotable. So you can easily just, you know, pivot it down or upward, or you can obviously just grab it and rotate it left and right as well. So um, the way that the shoe kind of is positioned on the magnet, and naturally, with the polarization of the magnets, it kind of straightens it up. So when you throw it on there, yeah, it, it kind of honestly just naturally sits really straight forward. So you're not messing with it a lot. But yeah, it's got a lot of adjustability in it to be able to pivot it in the, in the direction that you want. So could you flip it around reverse and then kind of use it to film an interview? I suppose you'd be shooting right through your bow, so it wouldn't be a great interview. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can absolutely you can you can literally put it in any direction you want. So. Oh yeah, that'd be really cool. Already, I'm I'm already daydreaming about shooting a big bull with it, <laughs> <laughs> or even being the caller. But then just having because when I'm calling, I usually have an arrow knocked anyway, and so then I could have it set up to like film. Like if I can see the shooter up there, I could at least like film him taking the shot. Um. Yeah. Or film whatever I can see from where I'm calling. That would still be pretty cool, even if I'm not the shooter. Like, I just, I have to bring the GoPro. I feel like it's just an aspect of being in the outdoor entrepreneur game and the podcasting game. I have the other yeah. podcast channel is literally called The Western Rookie, and it's all about Western hunting. So I feel like if I'm going to go on an elk hunt, I should at least try to take some content. So, gone are the days where it's just simple. No, don't have to worry about cameras for me. Yeah, that looks really cool. That's like sweet looking product. I'm excited. I saw the <laughs> I was just cruising your Instagram before we got here and I saw that the you guys did some uh videos with the golf on the golf course with your new camera arm. See a big old uh cigar, uh GoPro or not a GoPro a cell phone arm and then someone whether it's you or your business partner taking a shot. <laughs> That's actually uh it's actually brother. Um I I'm not a golfer by any means um but <laughs> he saw the product and he's 
he's a hunter and he helped, you know, helped prototype the product for us. And he found a use for that on the golf course, quick passing in a hurry. So that's what that was. Yeah. It looks perfect for someone that wants to film golf. I mean, how much easier can it get than just snap your phone on, go take your shot, take your phone down. You're not worrying about tripods, not worrying about all this other stuff. Yeah. hundred percent. And there's, there's honestly, um, well, it's like it, 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 it fits so many different industries rather than just hunting. Right. Um, and so I, I honestly don't think that in the near future that we're going to create products that, you know, in terms of new launches, I don't think that we're going to create new products that go into other industries or avenues on purpose. But if, you know, if they bleed over, great. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about the future of like if if you guys you don't have to like spill any secrets, but is there is there more products that you guys have in mind? Like I'd really you know when we're ready, this is what we're doing next. Yeah, um, it's not really a secret, but we've been getting asked a lot about a shotgun mount, mm. um, and so we we have a couple of prototypes that are looking pretty promising right now, and we're thinking that we're potentially going to launch next year. So I guess cats out of the bag on that because we've been asked so many times and just have continued to tell people we're working on it. So we are working on that. And, uh, I, I think that's going to be pretty cool if we can, um, you know, we're really close, I think, to dialing something in. So you might be seeing that in the next couple of, uh, in the next year or so, I would say. Is that big for the waterfallers? Are the waterfallers the ones that are asking for that? Yeah. Uh, duck hunters, uh, pheasant hunters and turkey hunters. Oh, turkey. I suppose turkey would be another big one. Because for pheasant hunting, yeah. I feel like it would be kind of tricky to – you'd have to – well, I mean, I'm thinking to some of the stuff we pheasant hunt on our farms. It's like like very thick willow brush. I'd be a little nervous walking around with my phone on my shotgun just because it could get knocked off. But if I was in like a goose blind or a turkey blind, it would be perfect because it's a pretty controlled environment. Even if it falls off, it's just going to fall on your lap. Right. But I suppose most people probably pheasant hunt more like CRP grasses where it wouldn't be an issue at all. Right, right. So, yeah, I could see that. I could see that being really cool. We're going to start to see a lot of, like, POV footage of, of, of hunting with all the products that you guys are putting out. There's going to be a lot of Instagram reels and TikTok videos of arrows flying at deer and ducks just crumpling up. That's the, uh, that's the hope. <laughs> that is the hope. Have you but guys, would, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to add on that note, like, um, we've been asked quite a few, you know, a few times in the, in the near, the, the most recent past that I would get, I would say like it, it shows, we get asked a lot, like, Hey, where can we send footage to that we get? So we actually have a competition that we're running. Um, we did, we did this last year as well, but it, uh, I just didn't have as many eyes. On our website, at the very top, on the main homepage, there's a there's a tab right at the top, and we run this competition every year. I've kind of a play on words. It's basically a, a place where you can go and upload your your footage from your cell phone really easily to a Dropbox, and then we get to review it. And every year, we're going to highlight the number one, um, well, the top five being the Mag Five, but. Um, we'll highlight the top five videos, but we're going to post the number one video that we received within that hunting season, um, within that year. And then we'll actually go on and uh, interview that person on our podcast and kind of allow them to tell their story of the hunt. So anybody listening who does have uh, one of our products, we really would love to see that footage. So it's kind of a cool, uh, it's kind of a cool thing that we do. So. Yeah, I was going to ask you, um, kind of in that same note of like of consumers using the product, creating videos, have you guys thought of doing any type of like affiliates, ambassadors, um, field staff, anything where there's like you get a unit, you create footage, we give you like a, a unique link or a unique code with like your channel, your your name on it and do that, that it's not really LM, MLM marketing, but it's kind of like, you know, different forms of crowdsource marketing, right? Like you have a bunch of guys that run around, use these as a part of their content creation and then help hopefully sell more product because of it. 
right? Because people are seeing it on that person's YouTube channel now as well. Yeah, we, we do some of that. Um, we're really, we don't just give out, a, you know, a link to just anybody, to be honest with you. Um, it's got to be, you know, a specific right fit for us. But, um, yeah, we, we definitely do on occasion do, like, pro staff partnerships and things like that. But it just, it really, it really just has to make sense for us. So, um, yeah, I guess that's the, the quick and fast answer. Yeah, because that always seems like a way if you if it's done well and it's done right and you get like the right people and it works, it seems like a, it's like an attractive thought of like, hey, I'm going to get this team of 10 people that, you know, obviously you have to apply and we pick. But if it's the right fit and also now we get to spread our wings and we get to basically get a, you know, a sneak peek or a preview at their followers as well as ours. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, it's a good way to, it's, when, when used the right way, in my opinion, it's a good way to, to spread the word for multiple um, different, you know, different people and different reasons. But yeah, it just seems like we, we've only been kind of giving, um, you know, those specific partnerships, I guess you could say to certain people that we really feel um, give us the best, you know, return. So. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, it's that's the hard part, right? It's like, do we, everyone would love to get, be a partner or feel like, I think the field staff thing and the brand ambassador thing is starting to kind of relax. But for a while there, it's like, it was almost like a competition of how many different companies can you list on your Facebook profile that you're a brand ambassador for. Right. And so it's kind of hard, like everyone wants to do that, but it, it still does probably have, like you said, when it work when it's done right, it still is pretty powerful for marketing for our company too. Right. So. Yep. Yeah, I could see that. I've just been thinking about that with my own, my beard oil company. Of if is that a next step that I could pursue? Is like getting you know brand ambassadors for the beard oil, um, which it's a little bit easier to do with that product just because of the margins and the and the cost point of like sending someone some free beard oil if they you know, sell and want to do it. And then obviously they can make money at it as well. So there's like that aspect of it. It's a little bit easier, but I just, was like, I don't know if it's going to work or am I just going to end up sending a bunch of product out and then not getting anything, not seeing any return on that investment. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta, you gotta test things, right? You gotta, you know, those back to what we were talking about with the food plots is you're just not afraid to make mistakes. And sometimes you gotta see how things play out and learn from them. Yeah, exactly. You just got to keep learning. We talked to, well, I talked to a professional fisherman last night for the podcast, and he's like, a majority of the time I'm fishing, like I'm trying new things. I'm trying to learn, you know, not obviously in the middle of a tournament, but when I'm just out there scouting and and pre-fishing, like if the fish are biting, I'm going to start trying different things because I know the fish are here and they're biting. Now I want to see if there's like a a new lure or a new tactic or a new technique and he's like, it's a huge part of my job is just consistently learning. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting yeah, to sense. say when you're like, I fish for a living, yet I'm still like going to school every day, trying to learn new stuff, trying to study. And then my tests are just called the Bassmaster Elite or the Bassmaster EQ Tournament, not, you know, a <laughs> math test anymore. Right. So, cool. Cool. Well, it we are just over an hour already, Nate, which it seems like time flies anytime I talk to someone with a really cool company and a really cool brand, and it happened again today. So <laughs> I want to be respectful of your time, make sure you're uh, not spending too much of your time away from making sales and talking to dealers. Really appreciate it, man. Appreciate the opportunity to come on and, and share my story, and I'm happy to do it. I, I've been really enjoying the process and, and again we're not uh i don't i don't think by by any means we've made it we still got a lot to learn but we're we're enjoying um some success going into this fall so hopefully we continue on the path we are heck yeah well before you take off um give the listeners a chance to to find you on instagram youtube the website anywhere find the what's the podcast and We'll give the whole rundown so the listeners can go connect with you guys more, check out the product, and then we'll include those links in the description below. 
Yeah, so basically everything on all social media is just Painted Arrow Outdoors. Um, our website is paintedarrowoutdoors.com. Our, our YouTube channel is paintedarrowoutdoors.com. And, uh, yeah, we, we got a lot of cool, um, got a lot of cool products for, for hunters and huntresses to capture their, their hunts and experiences in the, in the wild nature. Awesome. And, and some other different ways. So. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you once again for being here. We will put the links to all of those places in the show notes for anyone listening that wants to go check out any of the cool products they have, whether it's a crossbow mount, vertical bow mount, whether you're looking for a phone or a GoPro, all kinds of cool stuff you guys got out there. We'll put the links below. And uh, thank you for listening, folks. <laughs>